Hey everybody, welcome back to Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host Elias Roush. Today we are discussing Money Heist, episodes 10 through 13. Well, it was another one. Holy she dog. Um, yeah, uh, this is going to be somewhat of a two-part cast. I'm just uh, covering 10 through 13 solo right now. I'm going to attach another part with kelly and her initial impressions as well so this will be a quick roundup real quick and uh i'll let you know how we go uh, what's what's happening as we go through the podcast so yeah uh money heists uh 10 through 13 holy she like i said um this show really kicked it up a notch i was not expecting uh the shot in the arm that it was gonna get around episode 10 which was the relationship between the people, uh, between the uh, you know the, the individuals, the robbers, uh, just wasn't clicking all the way until they sprinkled in just a tad bit of sex. Like that's all it needed. I didn't realize what the problem was that was happening between the the characters, but there wasn't like a chemistry chemistry between them that was uh, blossoming into anything besides um, Rio and. Um, Tokyo and I thought that it would um it it would just incorporate a lot better if they had some chemistry going on. So I realized it was around episode 10 that they really started to press the chemistry between um Denver and Monica and um around 8 I think it was 8 and 9 they had uh uh, Rio and the one chick I can't remember her name she's the the youngest girl that's the hostage they kind of had a little bit of chemistry but nothing was really going on in between uh, some of these uh, characters until 10 10 11 12 um, I'm gonna kind of jump in between all of them just because I had to I had to seriously binge every single one of these episodes because they leave you at a place where you have to hit that binge it's like the suspense is up everything is crazy everything's crazy and you just you're glued to the screen i mean they um they did a wonderful job scripting this television uh series out just as a 13 part series and i think it really works uh quite spectacularly i did think that you know toward the beginning i was wondering you know i don't know if this is going to be my kind of show i don't know it might be a little cheesy you know the action shot pretty good but you know, is it going to work? Is it going to work out? But overall, I thought that this show just really uh, took off at the end, and uh, in a good way. And I, I was really surprised. And it's I'm at the point where I want to go back and remaster some of my earlier podcasts um, about this show to just explain how good the show was. You know, I just uh, explained to the viewers, you definitely need to continue on with this show. It gets only better. It only gets better, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's spectacular. I would say that I would totally recommend it as a, um, as a new television show. Um, I'll talk about one or two things before um, we hop into the part two section of this. We um, we did find out just from a plot plot perspectives that uh, 
basically the professor's plan has been um, was upstairs of the cop of the mansion, and the cops have found it. And it it seems like almost every episode you're like, holy shit, how are they going to get out of this next? And then all of a sudden the professor goes over to the uh, to his uh, uh, to Raquel's mom's house and then slaps the coffee out of her hand and it goes all over the wall and then he finds out she has uh, dementia or something like that. I mean, it is just like one mic drop after the next and you're just like, what the fuck is going on it is insane every time something happens um so yeah whether it's uh, the slow-mo shot of like what is the reaction of uh you know so uh, uh the professor and um uh Raquel's mom you know after he slaps it out of her hand in slow-mo he's like you just like sitting there so slow with the tick with the like I mean, it's it's the suspense is building. Everyone's wondering what's going on, and uh, whether Raquel's partner's being flown in the car from drunk driving and off a cliff or something like that. I mean, it wasn't off a cliff, but it was off of a dumpster, and uh, just crazy stuff going on. The the uh, sixteen hostage hostages all uh, just flew out of the. Uh, I mean, they escaped essentially the uh, the barrier. And that whole uh, that whole escalation was just insane. And Helsinki ended up getting shot, and also got whacked in the back of the head. And also was honestly was uh, one of the least interesting characters because he had the least interesting. Well, he didn't have anything to say. So the only real person that was taken out in this entire thing was the um, one that got the little person that got the least to say. So we didn't really feel like we lost too much, and uh, I'm, we kind of all knew Helsinki wasn't going to do anything to alter Altero at that point. We did have Monica in Denver uh, hooking up. I thought the the one scene, the the actual scene of it happening, the sex scene, was what the shot in the arm of this show really needed. It really just, I feel like the the score changed, the, the music changed. Just all of a sudden, like it, it was like they, they were like, "This is money, eyes money." bitches you know we got we got to kick this to the next level or something like that and i was just like oh my gosh so i was i was really surprised about you know how well the tension worked after um some of these sex scenes were going on um berlin definitely had a creepy one going on and we can tell that his girl's trying to get freedom and it does not want to stay there any longer we also found out berlin is going to die within i don't know six months or six to six months to six to twelve months or something six to eighteen months or some months or something like that um we we found out a lot of information uh so yeah uh i'm gonna cancel it you know cut it off right there and uh we'll hop into part two with uh mine and kelly's discussion So at the end of season one wrap up, we had the we had the Money Heist Gang, uh, specifically Tokyo and Nairobi. They were um, dividing the hostages. Who wanted to leave and who wanted to stay? Right. And uh, what a I thought it was just a little bit too obvious about the characters that they had chosen that wanted freedom. Clearly, Arturo and that one lady that was. A teacher, I believe. Mercedes. Okay, Mercedes. Um, they they decided they wanted to keep money or something like that. They stayed on the side that was wanting to get paid. Yeah, um, but I thought it was just too obvious. 
that it was characters, like you said, characters that we didn't know. Uh, it was like a big line of characters that we had no idea uh, that all wanted freedom when we clearly knew all of our star characters were going to stay. We're going to ended up staying, but they yeah. wanted to revolt. Revolt. Yeah. Um. I was surprised that the teacher chose to stay. That, I don't know why. I just pictured the teacher being like, me and Allison want to leave. We want to leave. I mean, she, they, they tried to. I mean, uh, Allison tried to, and Tokyo said, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, so that, she's, Allison is the ambassador's daughter. Yes. Okay, so I was a little confused about who she was for a little bit. But, okay, so, um, yeah, just a little bit obvious about the characters that ended up staying. Um, overall, what were your thoughts about season one? I thought it ended, I thought it wrapped up pretty well. It's with, uh... The ending was really good. The professor outside of the uh, mansion, and Raquel is finding all of the plans, and the police and SWAT units are I got, swarming it. I got really confused when he started spending so much time with her. Right. And not making the phone calls to inside the mint, and I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know that y'all you are supposed to make phone calls every so many hours. And you're over here dilly-dallying with Raquel. Yeah. Um, I felt exactly the same way. Um, he let his emotions get the best of him. And See, and I don't so ever quickly. recall the moment. Like, was there ever like a moment where you could tell that he had fallen in love with her, or did it just all of a sudden they just said that they had fallen in love? Uh, because I don't ever remember a moment where I thought, like, "Fuck, he's falling in love with her." Like, the professor had no choice but fall in love, or something like that, kind of thing. Like he an, epi an epiphany. Yeah. Like the moment a, where he realizes, I'm. I'm not using her anymore. I actually like her. Yeah. I felt the same way that I didn't exactly feel that. It's such a slow reveal of him, like actually liking her. It's kind of. Yeah. It's uh, it's uncomfortable at the beginning because he's asking her all these personal questions. You know, all these first sexual experiences kind of thing. And he's asking her that like, as the professor, though. I yeah, he's asking that as the uh, th yeah the leader. But um, why would he even? I never felt like uh, I got a resolution to yeah. that. Hopefully, maybe season two we might uh, understand why that why he chose some of those questions because it sounded like he's just bullshit most of the time, and um, that might come back to bite him in the ass. Yeah. I know that, like, he told them, like, when you're talking to them, you have to make them think that you're giving them the truth. Right. And then you have to pull back. You have to say something. Right. I think that uh, it'll be covered a little bit more in season two territory about uh, specifically. But, um, but later. But yeah, rate, share, subscribe, Lucky Dog Podcast. Check us out, Lucky Dog Podcast. Take it easy. Oh